Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am the tech editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he always does on the occasions on which I podcast, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. So, um, the number seven, the number seven, the number seven. Don't jump ahead. We've got listener mail to deal with. Okay. Let's do that then. This listener mail comes from Ted. Ted says, so, when are we getting the load down on Windows 7? As a user, I'm loving the new OS. It has better OS than XP and Vista and finally starts to rub off the black eye for MS. So, when are you going to tackle the elephant in the room? Thanks and chat later, Ted. Well, we don't tend to tackle elephants. They're very large. Yes, they tend to charge. Yes. We, we can take we, away their credit cards. We will. <laughs> someone left a footprint in the butter. We will, um, we will, however, tackle Windows 7. Yeah, um, I should point out, too, that this is a little difficult for us simply because um, as a group that typically does not do product reviews, um, we don't have a review copy of Windows 7 in the house, although uh, both of us has ha- have had the chance to mess around with the uh, the preview version that Microsoft released last year. Uh, we have a test machine that we use for uh, stuff like that and, and Linux. Um, so, you know, in a way, we have had the chance to mess with it some, but we haven't had a chance to really mess with the, uh, the full version. Yeah, and part of that is because uh, the office as a whole has not moved to Windows 7, yep. so we don't have access to it on our work machines. And neither Chris nor I have purchased a computer since Windows 7 went gold. And, uh, and I'm using a Mac at home. Yeah, so. so, I mean, we just haven't had a chance to use it in our personal lives, really. But, but there's been a lot out about it since Yeah, we then. can talk about it. Uh, first and, of all, mm-hmm. would you say that when, based upon what you've read and the limited experience you've had, that Windows 7 is a huge jump over Windows Vista? Well, in doing some research for it, I wanted to see what other people were saying because, you know, even – frankly, even if it was – we were, they were asking us just about our own experience. I would still want to see, uh, sort of temper that with some of the other reviews that I'd read online and, and get a feel for what other bloggers and, and, uh, professionals were saying about it too. Sure. Um, based on, based on that, I would say that people in general seem to agree that, uh, Windows 7 is a very good interface. Yes. Um, I even talked with, uh, with our IT professional who's in the office. Um, he said, uh, in his opinion that, um, Windows 7 is the second best, uh, OS that Microsoft has ever released. Really? What does he think I, is the best one? You know, I didn't ask. I, I was afraid to be, ask. It's actually. gotta be XP. <laughs> but, um, either that or well, it'll be DOS. A lot, some and, sort of DOS program. Well, the problem is too that, that people, Vista still has a very, uh, you know, as Ted pointed out, sort of a black eye. Although, you know, by now people don't complain about it nearly as often as they used to. Well, it's because I mean, it's been people patched several times and upgraded it. well. Yeah. yeah, but it's still not, I, I think the bells and whistles plus a lot of the, uh, the machines on which people were trying to install it at first, you know, may not have been able to handle it. Whereas newer computers with it, uh, pre-installed are ready and, and you know, it wasn't such a big deal for people who were on Vista. But, uh, most people I've seen who have upgraded to Windows 7 seem to really like it. 
I think for people who stuck with the Vista platform and who continued to patch it and update it as they became available, probably have come around to to thinking that Vista is not really as bad as everyone was making it out to be. Now, when it launched, it certainly didn't have the support or the uh, the versatility that people expected, particularly mm-hmm. when it came to things like driver issues, mm-hmm. drivers for things like video cards and sound cards. Oh, yeah, uh, there were a lo- and, and just peripherals. Yeah, mm-hmm. people were having problems with their computers crashing. They, they would have all these peripherals that worked perfectly when their machine was running Windows XP. Mm-hmm. But when they upgraded to Windows Vista, suddenly they would get all these notifications that things weren't working correctly or the or the computer would crash. Um, and as we said, you know, eventually, uh, over time, Microsoft was able to address a lot of these problems through patches, but the damage had already been done. That, mm-hmm. that the early perception was just that Vista was not a, uh, a strong operating system and that it had too much stuff stripped out of it during the development process. Uh, which is true. There were quite a few features that were supposed to be in Windows Vista that ended up being pulled before it went gold. Mm-hmm. And so that has prompted some folks to say that Windows 7 is really what Vista should have been the whole time. Well, I will uh, give you some more evidence that people <laughs> like Windows 7. Sure. Um, Vin- Windows Vista took about uh, a year to get 10% of the market. Uh, Windows 7 did that in three months. Apparently, according uh, so to, many uh, people were waiting for uh, an operating system that wasn't Vista that they were very willing to jump from XP directly to seven. Yeah, well, this this was a uh, this is based on uh, an article I read in, in All Things D by uh, John Peskowski, and um, you know, basically one in ten computers as of the end of January 2010 were using uh, Windows Seven. Mm. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, another article I read in CNET um, said that uh, Microsoft is, as a result of the success of Windows 7, enjoying record profits. Um, however, that's for people who are actually buying the operating system from Microsoft. So people are upgrading to Windows 7, but they're not necessarily buying new machines with Windows 7 on it because PC manufacturers with Windows 7 are not doing as well. Um, I think that's a result of the economy. Of course, a PC, a brand new PC is much more expensive than a copy of an operating system. And a lot of people might be looking at uh, netbooks, which uh, some netbooks do run Windows 7. It's mm-hmm. kind of a stripped down version of Windows 7. It's not the, the same one that you're going to find on a fully fledged desktop. Mm-hmm. But you can also find netbooks on uh, running the Linux operating system. And um, pretty soon you'll see some running the Google Chrome OS. Yeah. But uh, that, that means that... Um, Often the Linux ones tend to be priced lower than the Windows ones, mm-hmm. not by a whole lot, but every little bit tends to help. So I think a lot of people just in, uh, have, have purchased Linux machines instead of Windows machines. When it comes to the netbook market, although some of those same people end up being dissatisfied when they realize that the Linux machine doesn't do everything they expected it to do. It, it, it's no fault of Linux, really. It's more of not a lack of education on the part of the consumer mm-hmm. where they, they just think, oh, this is a computer. That means that this can do blah, blah, blah. And that's not always the case. It is often very dependent upon the operating system, the uh, processor, the memory of the computer. Yeah. All that kind of stuff definitely takes a uh, plays a part in what the computer can and cannot do. But I think in the average consumer's mind, they just think, computer, that means I can do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they get something that can't do that, they get frustrated and they go and return it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, at any rate, yes, it's true. The the Windows Seven machines that are on the market now just haven't been moving very quickly. But again, the the economy probably plays a very large factor in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's um, you know, Excuse generally, me. if you're if you're interested in in purchasing Vista, now I mean, I'm sorry, Windows Seven. Uh, there are there. It seems like there was some confusion at the very beginning of what versions were going to come out. Well, yeah, before weren't. before it launched, we had heard that there were going six to be versions. six versions, yeah. And I think there I think there still are. Yeah. It's just that Not some of those of are, are OEM, mm-hmm. which is original equipment manufacturer that, you know, they come pre-installed on systems like netbooks and uh, other computers. Right. That would be like like the netbook would be a stripped down version like I said. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. could get uh, Windows 7 Premium or uh, or Windows 7 Ultimate or Windows 7 yeah. Professional, I think, yeah. are those those are the main three for if you were uh, if you're looking at uh, upgrading a desktop. And I think in most cases, Windows 7 Professional would be more than what most people would need. Yeah. I don't see I don't see a whole lot of value to Windows 7 Ultimate for the average user. I mean, for for real power users, yeah. maybe. But uh, for most people, myself included, I include mm-hmm. myself in this group, I don't see any need to go beyond Windows 7 Professional. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Home Premium is the most uh, stripped down of, of the three, and it's one nineteen ninety nine, um, And it, it lacks a lot of uh, the features. It's basically just a, the rudimentary version you know, for the average computer, I guess. Right. Um, it doesn't have the XP mode. Which uh, uh, that's that's a, an, one of those modes that a lot of businesses really – Essentially demanded. I think. I yeah. think the reason why that mode is in there is that's Microsoft's nod to corporate, uh, the corporate world, because uh, the the XP is one of those proven platforms, and a lot of businesses still use XP. Mm-hmm. I can think of one that's very close to us right now that still <laughs> uses the XP operating system on, on, on many of its computers. Anyway. Yes, on many, not all of them. Not we all have, of them. We have a few. Uh, we have a few Mac-based computers. Uh, there are a couple people with the newer. Laptops who have Vista. That I've really? Seen, yeah. Oh, and then we also have a uh, one Linux machine. Yeah, that's true. Probably more, more than, than more one. than one, but one that one we in our department. Use. So, um, but at any rate, yes, we we mainly depend upon Windows XP machines, and there are a lot of companies out there that have uh, proprietary software that yeah. was specifically designed with Windows XP in mind. Now, these are these are companies. Sometimes they have. Hundreds of employees, each of whom has a computer. That's big business. So if Microsoft had not built in some form of XP compatibility where you could run in XP mode, uh, they might have risked completely counting out that whole section of the market. But by building in the XP capability, you allow these these, uh, companies to come in and say, well – we should get. We should upgrade to Windows Seven. Uh, that'll make most of our processes go more smoothly. And for the stuff that uh, is proprietary and legacy that has to run on XP, we still have XP mode, so we can still run it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, yeah, that that's the case too, especially for uh, a lot of large companies. At least in my experience, that they get to supporting a particular OS. They've got it. They got it down pat. If they need to push out an update system wide, they can do that without having to worry about who's on what. Um, and some, you know, especially very, very large companies are really slow to migrate. Um, I worked for one company a few years ago where they were actually two OSs behind the current, uh, just because they had everything, it, it all worked. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of, uh, I mean, sad, sad as that sort of seems in a way, especially if you love the, you know, seeing what's on the cutting edge, you know, you have to appreciate that. Put your shoe, feet in the shoes of 
you know, the person who has to manage all that and go, you know what? If it just works, right? Why, <laughs> why make the risk of moving to a new operating yeah. system that is both expensive and not guaranteed to work? Yeah, those are two yeah. big risks there. And uh, yeah, so it makes sense from a corporate perspective. But uh, going back to consumers, mm-hmm. um, that's a lot easier because then you're just dealing with with one machine right. or you know a, a handful of machines in your house. Yeah, you're not having it's, to convince some some person in charge of the entire. Uh, whatever you want to call it, IT department, mm-hmm. whatever whatever particular department oversees the the computer purchases for your company, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to sit there and think about that on a scale of this is going to affect 250 machines or whatever. Right, right. It's usually going to be two or three at most. Um, there's some some nice elements to Windows 7 that that make it uh, attractive to consumers. One of which is that. Windows 7 was optimized for machines that have multi-core processors. Yes. Now that's something that Windows XP does not have. You don't. Mm-hmm. It's not. Um, it's not optimized in that way. So that means that if you have a machine with a multi-core processor, uh, the Windows 7 operating system is built in such a way that it will use that to the best of its ability. In that, uh, just because you have a multi-core processor doesn't mean it's going to run a particular program better than another computer. It has to be the the program has to be designed to run. On a multi-core processor. Yes, it does. And in this case, uh, with Windows 7, that means that you get things like faster load time. Uh, mm-hmm. It shuts down faster than Vista. Um, it, and it, it does have a, a really a pretty snappy booting and shutting down sequence uh, compared to uh, – to specifically compared to Vista. Uh, also compared to my Windows XP machine, which now approximately takes four days to shut down. Yeah, I, uh, I find that the longer you use a machine, the more uh, – Digital crud accumulates in its yeah. uh, bits and bytes. And I need to stop going to 4chan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you uh, do. Um, so the, there are but, all other things that are added into Windows 7. There are the home groups. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Which is a, a home groups is a, a, a product from, when, from Microsoft that's supposed to make it easier to set up a home network. Um, home networks are really not that difficult to set up, but uh, it can be a little intimidating for someone who is not used to working with computer networks. Yeah. Well, home groups takes a lot of that out of the uh, the equation. It, it does a lot of the thinking for you. There is one major downside to home groups. Oh? Yeah. Uh, it works with Windows 7 machines. And Windows 7 machines only? Yeah. So if you are running multiple computers on different operating systems, uh, the home groups option isn't necess- isn't going to necessarily work for every machine in your house. Yeah. Uh, it'll work for anything that's running the Windows 7 and you can still network the computers. It's mm-hmm. not like it prevents you from networking. It's just that the the tool itself won't be uh, applicable in that case. Okay. Um it's uh also it's also better designed with uh, as to work with DirectX 10 mm-hmm. um Standards, which is that's a, mostly used in gaming. It's used for uh, video cards and sound cards. And uh, again, one of the problems with Vista was that whole driver issue. They Microsoft really took a good look at that when they were designing Windows Seven to try and avoid as much of that as possible. Sometimes it's impossible to mm-hmm. avoid that because, you know, unlike Apple, Microsoft is not in the business of designing computers from scratch. They right. don't. They don't build every single element that goes into a computer. They're designing an operating system. That's it. It's it's the the platform that exists between the hardware and all the applications you want to run. Um, they're not the ones building the video cards, sound cards, all that kind of stuff. And they don't dictate what goes into a computer. They have you know they, they might 
work with developers to make sure it works properly, but they don't uh, they don't demand that you use a specific video card or sound card. Right. Whereas uh, a different there's another company that's t- taken a very different approach. Yes. Uh, you're you're thinking of Apple. Yes. I can tell. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not saying that one approach is better or worse than the other, by the way. No, actually, they, they both have their good points and their bad points. Right. Um, you know, there's that diversity, the, the diversity of, uh, you know, the PC, the traditional, you know, Windows slash Linux, not a Mac PC that has, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can build your own. Yeah. You know, put your own case together, throw whatever graphics card you want to in there with a motherboard and, you know, put it, put all the guts together. The thing is, you know, while that it can be, inexpensive, very inexpensive. You have to get all the drivers for that. Right. Sometimes they don't support it. Uh, for example, actually, on our test machine, here's an example. Um, I install- installed uh, the newest version of Ubuntu Linux and Windows 7, the uh, the test release that we got last year, neither of which had a driver for the sound card on that machine. Right. Um, so, yeah, the sound yeah. does not work on that machine. Gradually updating, actually, the Ubuntu uh, did recognize the sound card, and I'd given up trying. I hadn't as of this podcast, tried the the Windows 7 to see if they've actually uh, done this. Is, this is an old Dell machine, actually. Um, right. Probably a couple of years old now. Um, and, uh, you know, you figure it was recent enough where they would do it, but they had, you know, they just hadn't gotten around to uh, releasing the driver as part of the main software. Now, of course, there are third-party people who will write, especially with uh, the Linux community. There are all sorts of uh, developers who are working with that um, who may or may not be uh, interested in, putting something together. Um, but from Microsoft, in a lot of cases, you know, it's either from them or one of the, the major, like the sound card manufacturer who's interested in, in writing those drivers. Right. And and to get back to the argument of uh, of controlling everything versus uh, versus just taking a hands-off approach, um, one of the, the pros of the uh, hands-off approach is that you get machines in a variety of, of price ranges. So you could buy... Uh, a computer running the same operating system, you can look at a selection of them all running Windows 7, the same version of Windows 7, at different price points and different capabilities. Mm-hmm. You're going to see that, you know, a, a very wide range. You might see some that are around the $400 level, and there may be others that are 2000 or more, depending upon the specs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other approach, the Apple approach, you're going to have fewer choices. You're going to, it's usually a tiered choice. You may have three or four. Mm-hmm. Options, but it's uh, uh you're not going to find a cheaper version of the same kind of machine from someone else. It's all through one company. But on the flip side of that, it's pretty much guaranteed to all work together because it was designed that way. Yeah. So because the the developer of the operating system is also the manufacturer of the hardware. They contract the manufacturer of the hardware, so yeah, they, they say they it's one of these five chips. There's right. one of these seven hard drives. You know, we're pretty much sure that we have a driver for that. So back to Windows Seven. Yeah, one of the cool features is the uh, the home media stuff. Oh yeah, yeah which uh, it incorporates very well. So if you wanted to use your computer as a media PC, mm-hmm. um, whether that means to you just watching media on your PC directly, or even networking it with your television, mm-hmm. uh, so that hooking your your PC up to your TV, so that your PC becomes kind of a a media server. Really, I mean, the Windows Seven comes with that capability built in. Um, if you, I think it's. I'm not sure if premium has it. I know that professional does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you if you just uh, run the software, you can do things like uh, connect kind of like a DVR. Uh, you can pull content from the web and uh, and stream it to your television. Um, 
it, it does require that you hook your computer up to your TV, which is a step that some people find intimidating. It's getting easier and easier, especially when you find a machine that has HDMI ports and all you really need is an HDMI cable and the right software and mm-hmm. then you're ready to go. Um, it's getting so easy now that I think that the average consumer could very easily set up a media PC in his or her own home. Oh, sure. With a, you know, just, just by buying the right machine. Uh, back in the day, it meant that you had to know your way around different codecs and, uh, different networking uh, solutions. Um, it's much easier now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Uh, I mean, that, and that we we started to see that in Windows Vista, they incorporated a lot of the uh, home media stuff in Windows Vista. But again, it just when upon launch was not the most stable or reliable service. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the interface has changed pretty substantially too. I mean, there are uh, there are a lot of benefits to using Windows Seven over uh, some of the earlier versions. One of the things. As a uh, person who's probably been using, well, I guess, yeah, I've been using a Mac longer than I have Windows, although I've used both for many, many years now. Um, I really like the fact that uh, as opposed to the XP machine that I use every day, Windows 7 basically has one instance of a particular program in the taskbar. Now, when you mouse over that, you can see a preview of all the different uh, windows that you have open in that. So if you have you four know, word documents, open. four word documents open, it's basically one instance of word and you can, you know, easily find it just by mousing over that, which I think, uh, you know, I've had, I've had laptops with small screens and we have multiple documents open and they're, they're each all, you can't, uh, yeah. you can barely tell what it is at the bottom. That yeah, always frustrated me. Each one's got its own little tab. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate that. But I this is far more elegant and a lot more streamlined. Although, you know, there is that trade off when you can see which what is in, you know, the name of whatever it is that you have open and you can go, oh, okay, well, that's the one I want to click on. Right. Just when it gets so out of hand on some of the earlier versions. But yeah. I really, I really like that. That's one of those things that I, I just found easy. And it's, um, you know, just using the operating system on a day to day basis, you know, uh, editing articles, doing research for podcasts and things like that. Um, I've noticed that, uh, you know, it's easier to find preferences, uh, different, Menus are make make a lot more sense to me than they mm-hmm. did in, in earlier versions. So it's obvious that they've taken a lot of user interface um, information research into uh, into the design process of trying to come up with this. And I also uh, should point out too that on the test machine that we've uh, tried Office 2010, uh, which is um, actually their uh, I think it final release candidate as of the recording of this, so that it's probably going to hit the uh, the shelves before too awfully long. Um, but it also uh, shows a lot of uh, maturity since the previous version of Office. I know this was the Windows 7 thing, but the two of them work together very, very well. And uh, I'm impressed by uh, the new Office as well. And the less said about Office 2007, the better. Yeah, I kind of um, might have wanted to skip that. Although the, uh, the there are some things they changed, that little bubble in the upper left window, if you've used Office 2007, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's gone away. They have a file menu over there now in Office 2010, which... Makes it, it's, it actually makes a little yeah, more sense. It's actually more intuitive and, and, yeah. yeah, builds on what was before. I don't get the, uh, the, nece- the feeling of necessity to, when you, whenever you come out with a new version to totally change the user interface that you have built up over the past versions, unless it was just so unwieldy that it just didn't make sense to keep on building on that and mm-hmm. just, you wanted to start over. Uh, so many programs do that where they'll, the, the next version will be a complete change. And it means that you have to take the time to learn the system that you mm-hmm. theoretically should already know. 
Um, I hate that. This is personal pet peeve. Yeah. But uh, I was going to also mention radar or tech radar, which is a, a, a UK site, did a yeah. a test uh, running Windows Seven. Actually, they had this was back in the beta of days, so it was a Windows Seven beta versus Windows Vista versus uh, XP. Okay, so a benchmarking test. Yeah, benchmarking yeah. test between the three. And discovered that Windows 7 was the best whenever you were copying several files up to a megabyte in size or up to a gigabyte. Mm-hmm. It's faster than, uh, than both XP and Windows Vista. Was also faster for network copying files of up to a gigabyte in size. It was faster than, than the other two. However, um, interestingly, uh, the, the, if you were to network copy one megabyte files, XP was actually faster. Mm-hmm. Well, that but, happens. Yeah. I mean, they found that with uh, Mac OS X Snow Leopard as well. Right. Um, there are certain things that it does better, and there are certain things the previous version of the OS does well, better, which well, I think is kind of funny. Well, what's interesting is in their benchmark tests, under all the benchmarks that they did, mm-hmm. Windows Vista performed uh, didn't, was never first ever in any of the benchmarks. Yeah. Uh, that didn't mean they came in last every time, but they were never first. It was either XP or Windows 7, which means that Vista just wasn't the best at anything. Yeah. That's kind of sad. Um, and granted, this was the beta, so it wasn't the same as the necessarily the same program that that came out available to everybody. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a word to say about that. Okay. If you're somebody ahead. like uh, if you're somebody like us who downloaded uh, the free version of the operating system, which I got to say, uh, excellent move on Microsoft's part. To give people an opportunity, it's for marketing reasons and for uh, for consumers to actually have the opportunity to get their hands on an early version of the operating system. It was the best move Microsoft could make, considering yeah. the PR they had to be dealing with with uh, Vista. Well, you can also you can also upgrade uh, your operating system online too, which is and also a, a good move where you don't have to necessarily buy the disc. But uh, if you did, <clears throat> excuse me download a, a copy of that early preview release, there's something you need to know, at least depending on when you listen to this. Uh, otherwise, if it's afterward, you're going to go, why is my computer shutting down? Well, Microsoft is going to shut your computer down. Um, let's see. I misplaced the date on that. It's going to be um, like a, this is going to be like a, uh, uh, inspector gadget thing where after 30 okay. seconds, the message explodes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you're using the windows seven preview, uh, you have to upgrade to the full version, a full version, I assume. It doesn't necessarily matter which one. Sure. Before March 1st, 2010. Because at that point, Microsoft is going to let you use the operating system for two hours, and then your computer will shut down, and it will not save your work. And if you try to open it up again, Microsoft will send Clippy out <laughs> after you. And then Clippy will ask you over and over, I see you're trying to operate a defunct operating system. Can I help? <laughs> Well, actually, it's uh, it's a little bit more serious than that. They're going to change. You won't be able to have custom wallpaper anymore. It will be a solid black <laughs> background with a persistent message. I'm actually quoting from the Microsoft site. With a persistent message on your desktop, you'll also get periodic notifications that Windows isn't genuine. I that think, means uh, your PC may no longer be able to obtain optional updates or downloads requiring genuine Windows validation. I think if quote. they have, I think if they have Clippy deliver that message. People it would will be just, more effective. Yes, exactly. Uh, I guarantee by a hundred percent it would be more effective. Yeah. I mean, granted, if your operating system is no longer working and it's telling you why it's no longer working, that should be effective enough. Yeah, but if Clippy's doing it. Yeah, it just adds a little expediency to the matter, in my opinion. Well, I, I am sure that there are people working on ways to keep the preview release going. 
Um, those are, are probably, when I say probably, I mean most definitely not legal. Um, not that I'm sure that they're going to necessarily know that you're doing it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, and I guess in summation, since we're sort of winding down at this point, I think it's a good release. Um, I've been very impressed with it. It has been, you know, I haven't done any scientific benchmarking or anything like that, but it's been, uh, it's been faster. It's been smoother. Um, and uh, I do like it better than XP. Um, unfortunately, as of March 1st, I will probably not be able to trust it, you know, get a whole blog post written and then suddenly it will shut down without saving my work. And that would be kind of a bummer. Yeah. But I do, but I do like it, uh, quite a bit. Yeah, it's nice. Um, It'll be, um, and of course, before we we sign off, we should wrap up here. But uh, yeah. currently, there are now rumors that Windows 8 is already in the uh, not not just in development because that's not a surprise. When a when an operating system hits the market, you can gar- you can bet that the company has been working on the successor to that operating system already before mm-hmm. it even hits the store shelves. Well, but uh, the rumor now is that we may see. Windows 8 before the end of 2011. Wow. Which is not really that shocking. I mean, operating systems no. used to come out every couple of years. It's just, it, it feels like for something as major as an operating system, it just feels kind of weird. Like, wow, you don't even get two years out of it? But maybe it's because everyone's been using XP for so long and they just skipped Vista and now they're thinking, oh, an operating system is supposed to last X number of years. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think too, it sort of benefits tech companies to continue that go, go, go cycle because you know, if they could keep people buying a $199 release for their operating system every two to three years, you know, that, that keeps the cycle up. It makes them seem like they're more innovative. Got to pay those shareholders. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's, it's like people buying, you know, new phones or new MP3 players or whatever, you know, it's less than two years in the cases. Yeah. I'm not touching that, but Neither uh, do I. that's why I replace them. Right. Okay, then. All right. Well, that wraps up this discussion on Windows 7. Keep sure uh, keep your ears tuned to tech stuff. We are doing lots of different spotlights on, on various programs over the next uh, couple of weeks, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, no formal reviews, but, uh, you know. Yeah, just overviews. Share our observations. Right, right. Stuff so that you guys can kind of get a little more uh, information about these, these different uh, – products that are out there on the market and ted i hope that uh that suffices for our uh, elephant in the room discussion if any of you have any questions suggestions criticisms things like that write us our email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com remember check out our blogs check out our live show every tuesday at 1 p.m check out the articles on that wacky website we call howstuffworks.com because it's awesome and chris and i will talk to you again really soon For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?